Hello, I'm the environmentally friendly ninja that leaves no footprint. My name's Carter, and today I'm super excited because her, her class ignited the spark for my passion in environmental education. We have an exceptional outreach coordinator here today. She is a liaison for the Friends of Schmeekly Reserve. She coordinates the Reserve Volunteer Program and manages events and outreach. She also serves as an instructor of environmental interpretation in the College of Natural Resources. She graduated with a master's degree in environmental education and interpretation from UW-Stevens Point in 2013. And prior to returning to school, she worked as a journalist for eight years writing outdoor stories and serving as an editor for an agricultural newspaper. So now if we could just take the time and welcome Megan Espy to the podcast. And I do wanna put a little quick shout out to Jess Dixon. Jess Dixon, she does want to say hi this morning. So how are you doing today, Megan? I'm great, it's great to be here and it's great to see you again, Carter. So I didn't know that you used to be an editor and you worked, uh, you like did had close ties to the agricultural niche of people. So like what made you want to do this switch from environmental uh, interpretation and ed versus like agriculture? Yeah, so I, um, agriculture was a, an interesting um, stop on my career path so far. So I uh, have an undergraduate degree in English with a minor in environmental studies and always had a real talent um, and skill set for writing and editing. Um, always something that came naturally to me. I actually come from a newspaper family. Um, the small town that I grew up in in southwestern, southwestern Wisconsin, uh, my mom started a weekly newspaper in my hometown that covers several small communities. And so newspapers are kind of in my blood. The, the saying in the field is ink runs in my blood and worked on my college newspaper. And um, so coming out of college, I definitely was looking at the newspaper field and got a job at Eau Claire Press Company. So over in West Central Wisconsin, and that was a family run company that ran the Eau Claire Reader Eau Claire Leader Telegram and The Country Today, which is a weekly newspaper that is statewide and covers agricultural and rural issues. And I started out kind of halftime at both newspapers and then transitioned over to The Country Today, writing about rural issues and agricultural issues, which was a huge learning experience. Um, I had grown up in a rural area in Wisconsin, had grown up with a lot of kids who grew up on farms and worked on farms. Um, I grew up in the country, but I did not grow up on a you know, a dairy farm or a crop farm, just kind of a hobby farm. And so I learned a ton um, through my writing and reporting about that aspect of Wisconsin. Obviously, we're the dairy state, we're a big agricultural state. Um, I always had a strong interest in the environment um, that was really um, developed in college, um, was where I really realized that interest, adding that minor in environmental studies, that's where that came from. And, um, you know, working in the newspaper industry and having to do the research and the writing and reporting on that, I learned a ton about land use issues and about all of that. Um, and that was, that was fascinating. I learned a ton. I, I, I loved that aspect of it. Um, it's really informed a lot of what I know now about those aspects um, of the environment in, in Wisconsin, in the Midwest. Um, you know, in college, I had really made a decision that no matter what I did in my career, I wanted it to relate to the environment. And agriculture wasn't necessarily what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking more conservation and the outdoors and wilderness and those kinds of things. But that was, that was a big piece of it is how we work the land in a sustainable way. So I learned a lot from that. And we just got, we just talked about this a little bit before we started, but I feel like most people without a lot of familiarity with the subject could assume that doing agricultural work is like the same as environmental education or like 
interpretation. So like, do you get that question a lot from people who don't really know what you do? Like, do they associate that with agriculture? Like, does that frustrate you at all? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because now that you say that, I think about the writing and the reporting that I did and the interpretation that I that I do and I teach now, and it's the same skill set. It's how do we take some of these complex issues, how do we take natural resources topics, and how do we communicate them in a way that people can understand and that has some relevance in their day-to-day lives. And when I did reporting and journalism, it's how do we um, connect with people? And what we often did and what I did in reporting, what I was trained to do was to talk to people for which these issues were having an impact on their day-to-day lives um, and interview those people and and quote them in those stories. And so with interpretive programs, um, the training that I do in that now, it's that same kind of thing. How do we have uh, a communication process where we show that relevance that that these natural resources topics have? How do we talk about soil and waters and forestry in a way um, that people can understand and connect with in in a personal way? So that, yeah, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, When I first started the master's program at UW-Stevens Point in environmental education and interpretation, my mind was blown by how much overlap there was in the kind of writing that I did, you know, I learned how to write a lead on a newspaper story, something that really caught your attention, grabbed your attention, um, made you want to read more. Well, when we learn how to develop an interpretive program, we learn about developing a POW, that really attention grabbing beginning that makes the person sit up and go, wow, I want to hear more. And so it was really, really fascinating to me how much overlap there was. Is that how you kind of stayed in the Stevens Point area is after getting your master's? Like, what made you decide to come to Stevens Point? Yeah, so I um, did eight years in journalism. I, I, I'm one of those kind of rare birds who doesn't change jobs much. <laughs> um, I, when I got out of college, you know, I landed in, in the newspaper company in Eau Claire and I spent eight and a half years there. Um, and I always wanted to get a master's degree. That was always really important to me was to go on and further my education. I spent a long time thinking about uh, what kind of degree. I knew I wanted it to relate to the environment, but I wasn't exactly sure which niche of the environment. I uh, looked at a lot of different programs, really thought hard about it, and finally kind of hit me over the head one day like, hey, Stevens Point, right in my backyard. Um, around that same time, I started exploring more out west. Uh, my husband, uh, who's a librarian here on campus, um, was familiar with places out west and started kind of taking me on trips out west and exposing me to the national parks and saw park rangers. Um, I still remember a park ranger who um, told us about this fantastic trail in Rocky Mountain National Park. He was just the super friendly, engaging guy. He obviously loved what he was doing. And I was like, I want to do that for a living. Um, And that was kind of one of those turning points for me where I was like, that's great. You know, I want to do that kind of work and started um, thinking about environmental education, knew about naturalists. I'd worked at a state park in my hometown in college. So I had that experience in my back pocket. And um, started looking at Point, started looking at the faculty here, came across the page for the webpage for Dr. Brenda Lackey, who had been a park ranger for the Army Corps of Engineers and applied to study under her and applied for a graduate assistantship at Schmeekley Reserve uh, to do environmental interpretation work here and um, got into the program, thankfully. Very, very fortunate for that that opportunity to come here and study under her and and to get to study at Schmeekley Reserve. I worked uh, for Ron Zimmerman, who was the director of Schmeekley Reserve, who 
has had a just fantastic 40-year career in interpretation around the world um, as a consultant and a planner and an author of interpretation textbooks, and Jim Buchholz, who's the current director of Schmeekley Reserve, and Dr. Michael Gross, who preceded Dr. Brenda Lackey as the interpretation professor here. So I um, just landed with this fantastic team of world-renowned uh, interpretation experts, so I couldn't be more more grateful for that, that opportunity. Yeah. All of the puzzle pieces just falling perfectly. Yeah, really did. Um, and then what is, what is your primary role uh, in affiliation with Stevens Point? So you work a, a lot with uh, Schmeekly, but what's your primary role here at Stevens Point? Right, yeah, so my title, uh, a couple different titles right now, Outreach Specialist, Outreach Coordinator um, at Schmeekly Reserve. So I um, have a variety of hats I wear over there. I uh, work at the Visitor Center and I work with our Friends of Schmeekly Reserve group, which was the subject of my master's thesis during the, the graduate degree that I worked on. I was fortunate that my master's thesis didn't sit on a shelf and collect dust. <laughs> I actually got to enact it. So um, had some focus groups with some, some really fantastic uh, community members who were really interested in making that work and go. So we developed that in 2013, 2014. So it's been around for a while now. It has over 300 members. Uh, they have had some fantastic successes like developing the Friends Pankowski Amphitheater. So the brand new amphitheater that's over at Schmeekly Reserve is thanks to them. Uh, that was their first capital campaign project. They also sponsor lots of our programs and events and are working on all kinds of exciting things right now. Um, so I work with the friends group. I work with volunteers. I work with um, programs and events like our Candlelight Hike Festival. Um, I work with visitor center operations, our student staff, um, our uh, trail work, our invasive species crew. Um, lots of different things. It's no, no two days are the same. Um, and then currently I'm also filling in in this um, interpretation instructor position. So during the school year, I'm, I'm covering these interpretation courses in the College of Natural Resources. So oral interpretation methods, interpretive media, and our interpretation practicum course based at Schmeekley Reserve. And of those three classes, like do you have, is there, is there a favorite that you like to teach? Like which one, which one stands out? You know, I love them all for such different reasons. Um, yeah, they, they rotate in and out of my favorite spot. <laughs> they really do. The practicum is so much fun. I get to teach that one every semester. And that one I love because those are seniors who are about to graduate and they get to do our public family nature programs at Schmeekly Reserves, which is just, I get to see so much growth in those 16 weeks as those students get to present those public nature programs. Um, you know, they're applying for jobs and uh, I get to spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with them and see the development of those programs. Um, I get to serve as references for them. I get to help connect them with potential employers. Uh, oral interpretation is me getting to introduce interpretation to students and why I love it so much. I've really enjoyed teaching that because that has really challenged me in how to teach what interpretation is. And interpretive media is something I love teaching because when I came into the program at Point, I didn't even know interpretive media existed. I knew what interpretive signs were. I knew what interpretive publications and brochures and all these things were, but I never, ever, ever thought 
wow, somebody gets to create those things. That's really cool. Um, and that gets to combine my love of writing and my love of graphic design. Um, I get to use those Adobe InDesign skills that I carry over from newspapers. Um, so I'm teaching that course right now. That's a spring course. So that's a lot of fun too. Um, the students are having a blast and getting to deal with all of the times that Adobe InDesign freezes and they want to, you know, poke their eyes out with a stick, but <laughs> they're also getting yeah. to create things from scratch and have, you know, end products that they can point to and say, wow, I created that. So I love them all for very different reasons. Mm -hmm. And then you said that you came from like a editor newsline and uh, have you ever considered, did you ever consider going down a different path? Um, in the future like in the long run in terms of going back like to newspapers or um just like if i don't know some people come from long lines of their grandparents were doctors their mom is a doctor their dad's a doctor and like maybe they're like yeah i don't want to be a doctor uh like did you ever consider not going into like writing or um like interpretation at all i really like where i'm at because you know, like I said, I come from that newspaper background, that newspaper that my that my mom started, my sister's running. And I what I love about interpretation is that that love of storytelling and that love of connecting people with those stories, I get to still use an interpretation, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so it gets I get to blend my love of the outdoors with my love of communication and my love of natural resources. So that's what I love about that too. And one of the other things that I've gotten to do at Schmeekly Reserve is interpretive planning and interpretive media design. Um, so I get to combine all of those different things where we work with outside clients and we've gotten to put together master plans and interpretive media designs um, to help different natural and cultural sites tell their stories to the public. Mm -hmm. So um, that's that's really fun to get to do. Um, it's mm -hmm it's kind of, it's one of those things like, wow, we get paid to do this. And that's, that's really yeah. cool. Um, I know that you wear a lot of hats around Stevens Point, uh, like UW Stevens Point and Schmeekly, but are you involved in any projects right now that are not necessarily affiliated like with academics or like coursework? I, yeah, that's a great question. I wish I had a little more time for some of those things. Um, I, um, one of the things that I love to do uh, in my free time is hiking. That's one of those things that helps me clear out the cobwebs and keeps me sane. Um, so I've been exploring mm. more and more of the Ice Age Trail. Um, I just joined the Ice Age Trail Alliance this spring and would like to get, I'm thinking about hopefully finding a little time to get more involved in the Ice Age Trail Alliance and give back with some of my skill set with that. But um, yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> sadly no I don't know if I am involved in anything else uh, I am involved in Trinity Lutheran Church downtown a little bit I serve on the church council but um, that's about it yeah uh, and then what kind of like campus involvement is there for students to get involved in um, Becca talked a little bit about the um, EE group but is there something that you would also recommend people get involved in other than uh, that at all? I would second Becca on that for our um, environmental education interpretation uh, option within resource management and the wildlife education. Uh, I would love to see those students get active in 
Ina, the Environmental Educators and Naturalists Association. Uh, I know that the pandemic has made it tough to, to really um, optimize involvement in that in terms of getting that educational, you know, per interpersonal experience of getting out. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, I would always try to facilitate experiences at Schmeekly for ENA members to come out and work with Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts who maybe wanted programming or youth groups, schools. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that again, um, because that just is excellent experience for those students to get involved and get that programming experience. Um, so I'm looking forward to that hopefully this fall that we can get that ramped up again. Um, so yeah, ENA's Ina, I've been getting more involved in Ina myself the past few months. I, I had not been attending meetings um, in recent years, and, and I've really enjoyed that. I've, it's been a great opportunity just to get to know the students in a different way um, and get to know Becca Franzen and Melissa uh, Ruther, who's also one of the advisors in a different way, um, and be able to share stories. And I, I come away from the meetings really inspired, so I've been really enjoying those meetings. And then if you, you've, you have had a pretty successful trajectory to where you're at right now, but if you could give students advice right now, what would be some of the advice that you would give students who are questioning going into this or would like to get more experience? Like what advice would you give students in um, interpretation? Just get involved, I would say. Um, you know, the the team of us that are teaching the environmental education and interpretation classes, Kendra Litico, Becca Franzen, and myself, we are here um, to provide resources and ideas and support um, to provide those. We have a great network of connections for summer internships, summer jobs. Um, you know, right now, for example, um, scholarship applications are due to attend the National Association for Interpretation conference this it'll be in December in Palm Springs California and I've been trying to promote that to my classes and my students um, it's a it is the most fun I have professionally every year is going to that conference it's been it was online last year and it was still a blast so um, that tells you something if it's a virtual <laughs> conference and it's still super fun so I can't wait for it to return in person it's supposed to be a hybrid model this year so hopefully there is an in-person component um, so I'm working on a couple letters this week of uh, recommendation for scholarship applications for students for that um, you know I serve as the Wisconsin representative for that organization nationally. It is just a fantastic organization. Uh, when I first attended it, when I was a grad student, I, I had people walk up to me, see Stevens Point on my name tag and say, do you need a job this summer? <laughs> um, I, I'm not joking. That happened to me at that conference. And I was like, well, I guess I made the right decision going to Stevens Point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so I'm trying to pay that forward now too and help students get to those conferences and get those connections and get those opportunities. And so I, I'm happy to help and I'm happy to Zoom chat or phone call or in-person outdoor chat with anybody about those opportunities at any time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's kind of like a, a dream job you were saying. You mentioned earlier about like, oh, I can't believe that you get to get paid to do these things. Is this a really competitive field to go into? Yeah, one of the frustrations about 
interpretive type jobs. So, you know, the park ranger type jobs, the national parks, um, there's a lot of variety. There's more than just the national parks and the, the Grand Canyons and the Yosemites. There's state parks, there's county parks, there's YMCAs, there's um, 4-H, there's extension. There's a lot, there's a lot of variety and there's a lot of options. Um, it can be tough because there's a lot of seasonal and there can be some lower paid jobs and there can be um, having to sort of bounce around the country, which not everybody's able to do um, or, and it's not everybody's cup of tea. Some people want to be more local or have certain constraints. Um, so sometimes it, it can take a little bit of playing that game for a while and in getting lucky or just playing your cards right. Um, so that's where I think having that experience and making those connections can really pay off. Um, somebody who was in our practicum last fall um, volunteered at a nature center in their hometown and I did a reference call for that student uh, around Christmas time and, and the uh, nature center manager said she's really proven herself really loyal um, and I now have this position open and it, I, I just she's a great fit because she's really shown how loyal she is so sometimes you have to you know put in that time and and show that you're willing to help out and do that so um, it can pay off putting in that time and doing getting that experience yeah Everett, you talked about the different variety of jobs that are out there and some of them are a little bit smaller but can you can you kind of stress the importance of having those smaller jobs like not everyone wants to work at a YMCA but then people who aren't working there, like maybe children or other like youth don't know about the environment. Like what is the importance of uh, the higher up national park people and like people who are just working at like a community garden or like a small park? Like what's, what are the importances of both, I guess? Yeah. And I think you have to find your place because it's not just, you know, the marquee park ranger at, Yosemite it's you know you might have a real interest in being a climate change educator or you might have a real interest in being a garden educator or um, you know you might have an interest in being a grant writer or you might have an interest in being a um, getting in in a really big national park but being a designer or being the social media person behind the scenes so there's a lot of different ways to use some of these communication and education skills that aren't just the front line person who's out giving the programs day after day all day long so you know and being ready for maybe a few years down the road you move up from those frontline jobs and you become more of a supervisor or a manager or someday you're the one training the next generation of seasonal educators or you're the one now working worrying about the fundraising or you're the one worrying about the land management issues. So the, the well-rounded resource management program that Point offers is preparing you for some of those broader issues down the road too. Is Would you recommend that just getting as much experience as possible? Like how do you know if you want to go into maybe like interpretive design or if you want to be more of like an educator, uh, like speaking to people, like how can you recommend people narrow down their pathways? Just try different things out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think our students, by the time they get into the practicum, like our practicum course has them doing the public programs at Schmeekly, has them working out at the Central Wisconsin Environmental Station on Sunset Lake, working with the charter school there, the Tomorrow River Community Charter School, doing some of the interpretive media design, using all those skill sets, they start to figure out where their passion really lies. So it comes mm -hmm. with the experience. 
And then can you kind of, I know that you talked about it a little bit, but where could students find jobs? Is this more like the people that you know, or like for wildlife, we have a, an entire job board like Texas A&M, where it's super easy to say like, I want to live here, or I want to go to this. Like, how hard is it to find jobs or like where can students find jobs? Right. Yeah. So we actually have a really nice one that we maintain on the Schmeekley Reserve website. So mm -hmm. our graduate assistant at Schmeekley Reserve um, puts together postings and, and within our field, it's known among people in our field and among our alumni to send jobs to Schmeekley Reserve. And we put those out. We also have a Facebook group for our program and anybody, you don't even have to be part of our program or an alum can join it. So there's a, a UWSP EEI uh, for Environmental Education Interpretation EEI Facebook group. So you can join that and see job postings um, and then we have a bigger list that um, if somebody wants to get hold of, contact me or Becca or Kendra. We just put that together this spring. Um, so we're trying to get that list out to, um, to their advisees as well. So we, we're working on having nice big lists for our students. Good, good. I'm glad that I love that everyone in Stevens Point is just trying their most to help students succeed. I really want to stress that to undergrads or people who are thinking about being undergrads at Stevens Point that there's people from around the country that know who Stevens Point is and what we do to help our students succeed. So I'm really glad that you got the chance to meet with me today and everything, all of the important details and everything that just still makes me so excited to go into this, to go into this, get some certificates and get, get classes under my belts. And I'm really excited. Uh, to see what the future holds. And I hope that everyone else does too. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Here you're adding an EEI certificate. I am. I am. Becca convinced me after our first interview afterwards, we met. That's for what like she said this morning. Yeah, that's great. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Super excited. So thanks for, thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks Carter. Yeah.